Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome everybody to The Outside Blitz, I'm your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, titillating, Tyler Dean, Tyler! What's, What's up? Going, what's going on? How we doing? Uh, not great. Not great? Why? Because Tom Brady won the bowl? <laughs> no, we're not talking about it. We're skipping the bowl. We're going right to offseason. We're moving on. Oh, no, come on, Tyler. We got to talk about it. We got to we gotta get into it. And we are moving on. <laughs> fucking guy. So, so uh, Bucks win the bowl, 31-9. Probably one of the most boring Super Bowls I've ever watched. Yeah, because it was just kind of beaten from the get-go. Yeah. I mean, I mean the Bucks were just toying with them. Just toying with them. It was insanity. Linebackers. Yeah, yeah. We and, and I you, called it. I put number you, you one did. on my list. You did. Those and linebackers. You looked at me like I, like, like I was crazy putting the linebackers above Mahomes. Yeah, yep. Uh, but those linebackers, man, they they came alive. Sacks galore. And and you know, it. I, I think we we needed to talk about the missing pieces on Kansas City because the missing pieces on Kansas City they were missing. A lot of offensive linemen, four starting offensive linemen, not in that game, um, and and I that that's probably the main reason why I think those linebackers made such a big difference mm-hmm. because they had <laughs> no offensive line. But I I want to just point out, you know, the the Steel Boys were very accommodating. You missed out on a good time, Tyler. Yeah, it is what it is. I had peanut butter pie. I'm glad you had a good time. It was awesome. Had a great time. But we we uh, have some news around the league. We had this obviously we had the Super Bowl go on. Tyler, let's I got I'm going to ask the question: Is Tom Brady the goat? Yes, I don't think so. He's been the goat since he won two Super Bowls ago. There's no, he's now he's now won four without any issues. Here's my uh, okay. The first three are gone. Um, the Seattle's on the they won they won that game. Atlanta, that's on Atlanta. They they messed with the Brown the Rams and they beat the brakes off the uh, Chiefs. But here's so here's going to be my thing. I have a couple of things. So when Tom Brady goes down in the record books as what many people are going to call the greatest of all time and whatever the case may be, in my mind there will always, always or should always be an asterisk next to his name uh, that stands for. Deflategate, Spygate Part One, Spygate Part Two, yeah, those Tuck ex- Rule. Those existed, but um, you, if you ignore, the, if you take out the, that portion of his career, he's still the greatest of all time. And and this is why, and this Super Bowl, I don't even think counts toward it. And here's why: the biggest contribution that Tom Brady made to this this season and to his winning season this time around is he went out and found the most loaded team in the NFL. And said, I'm going to go to that team. He went to the team with one of the best defenses, one of the best offensive lines, got a the, uh, arguably the best offensive lineman in the draft, and then brought his buddy in, had two powerhouse receivers, had Leonard Fournette, had Ronald Jones. I mean, the man had... No, the, I get it, but that'd be like, you can't rob a guy, a, a team from a bulge because they had a good team. Otherwise, you're telling Montana that he sucks. Well, Montana didn't actually have that great of a team. It was the... Because Montana, when he was at... When he won his first two bowls, Jerry Rice wasn't there. 
He was throwing to, to fucking Rathman and Craig. I guess an easy, easier comparison. The reason why I, I crap on Bradshaw is Bradshaw was always in a super, super system. Yeah. Brady has proved that he can be a great quarterback with a terrible team. I don't know about that either. I, I really don't. He's won a bowl with um, Jack and Jill at receiver. Jack and Jill. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I'm, I'm defending the guy I absolutely hate right now. I don't know why I'm doing this. I, no, um, I, I can't. I can't defend the guy because uh, okay, so so he didn't have great receivers, but I mean there was always something. Brady Brady was the least hit quarterback for a long time, for a long time in New England. He had a very good offensive line for a very very long time. I don't know. I I, I can't buy Tom Brady. I won't buy Tom Brady. I, I just, it's it's not feasible to me, and and they, it's the Belichick system. But I understand. I, I I don't go with the mentality of once a cheater always a cheater. He had his he had his bad years, but he had four years. Get rid of those, and he's still the greatest of all time. Four years, and he did. And in each of those years, he was Super Bowl bound. <laughs> but not I mean, all of them ended with Super Bowl wins. I mean, uh, I I just can't call the guy the goat. I can't. I can't. And Tuck rule wasn't on him. That was just a shitty. It here's the thing about that, the NFL and I understand to me and and to a lot of other people how it's how that tuck rule is always going to look is the NFL saw Tom Brady and they saw the sweetheart of the NFL and they handed but he that wasn't to him. at that time he was just uh, who's Tom Brady at that point in they time. they handed it to him they, they and that's how they, the NFL looked at it they saw this young good looking kid and said that's going to be our guy but that's not Tom's fault. Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't change that it got handed to him, though. It doesn't change that it was given to him. You know, and, and it, there were several games before that where that tuck rule could have been, you know, enforced, and they didn't enforce that tuck rule. Oh, they have a lot. And they didn't enforce. There were several occasions, and that's what why people were so up in arms. All throughout the season, that's... Oh, that, that season. I've yeah, been that since. That particular season, though, those those... Tuck rules were not enforced. Well, I'm not doubting that that he he wasn't catered there because he totally was. But you know, you can't say, well, Tom Brady shouldn't have thrown the flag for the, 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 the it was the it's on the refs, not 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 Brady. So you can't say he cheated because he didn't do it. But it it should always stand in the the annals of time here that that he got something handed to him. Whether or not he cheated, it was every quarterback's gotten something handed to him at some uh, point. Uh, well, Aaron Rodgers, of course, I'm, but I, but. Since then, obviously, the refs have handed Brady a lot of stuff. But in that particular <laughs> instant, I mean, Tom wasn't the guy you think the refs were going to go and, and, and back like that. Right. So, but uh, one thing I, I do want to point out, and let me see if I can if I can find this, because I, well, oh, yeah, okay. So I did a deep dive on your, your penalties here from last, last week. You brought this up in regards to Minnesota. And, and again, I also st- st- stood by, I, I didn't. <laughs> Deep dive myself. I just, I just give you raw numbers. Yeah, but you gave me raw numbers, but there was wasn't a lot of context to it, and and so I, I did a dive on that list, and uh, you said that over the last uh, x amount of years, the Packers have been the less penalized than Minnesota. I just used Minnesota as an example. Uh, it was more about the Packers because we we always talked about Packers penalties. So we'll talk about and and so you are right to an extent. But here's the problem. So, Minnesota, we'll, we'll go through it. 2019, I want to start there. Green Bay had the 774th, or I'm sorry, 774 uh, um, penalties against them, uh, uh, penalty yards. 
Minnesota, he has a lot of penalties. Yeah, 774 penalty yards against them. They were the fifth least in the league. Minnesota Vikings, 895, 14th most in the league. Uh, Minnesota only had four less penalties than Green Bay that, that season. And White wound up with uh, um, over 100 yards more. So we'll start there. 2018, Green Bay had 108 penalties. The Vikings had 92 but the Packers only trailed the Vikings by 150 yards with 16 more penalties. Okay, so we'll go there. 2017, Green Bay had 96 for 789 yards. Minnesota had 100 for 949. There was a 160-yard difference on four penalties. But so on this too, though, it's hard to it's hard to separate without actually watching the film. It's hard to dictate between uh, what's a bad penalty. What was a good penalty? What was just um, bad uh, discipline? It's it's hard to hard it's hard to tell. But but also here's what <clears throat> here's what we're going to talk about as far as that goes. So so the Vikings had a 160 yard difference on four penalties. That they had they had uh, um, 100 over almost 200 yards more. Okay, 160 yards. So 2016, the Vikings had 103 for 882 yards. The Packers had 100 for 827 yards. Now, you remember that number I just said earlier, 160-yard difference. The Vikings had 160 more yards of penalties than the Packers with just four penalties, right? In 2016, the Packers had three less penalties, and there was only a 55-yard difference. 55-yard difference, 882 versus 827, 55-yard difference. 2015, Minnesota goes 88 for 797. Green Bay goes 105 for 906. So you remember that that stat from earlier, 160 yards on four penalties, right? Green Bay had 17 more penalties than the Vikings, no, I, I, and they I, had only 109 yards against I get them. it. I know I just threw raw data to it. Like I, I didn't have the time to look because it was last minute, but... But, but but you also got to take them like is the team just super, just super disciplined or are they are they, are they not? You got to really look at the film to say because sometimes penalties are just legit. Sometimes the team just plagues themselves. Right, but when when you say when you say oh Green Bay is penalized more than Minnesota, I'm going to come out firing because it's not actually true. I, should, I shouldn't have used Minnesota as my example. It's more just a defending Packers. 2014. Minnesota has a hundred a hundred penalties for a half hour. Uh, no, a hundred penalties for eight thirty six. Green Bay had ninety two for seven seventy five. Two thousand thirteen. Minnesota had seventy for six ninety five. Green Bay had eighty six for eight oh one. Sixteen penalties for only a hundred and six yards by for Green Bay there. I mean, really. Uh, Minnesota, 90 for 830. Green Bay had 103 for 923. 13 more penalties for only 97 yards. We're still not hitting that 160-yard threshold that we saw earlier on in that situation. Minnesota, 109 for 908. Green Bay, 76 for 591. Green Bay was the least penalized team that year. Uh, 2010, Minnesota, 100 for 769. Green Bay, 78 for 617. Maybe the Vikings are just less disciplined. So I'm just making so the they're, they're they're allowing bigger penalties because they can't stand they can't stop hitting receivers. I'm just making the point here. My point is that while you're over here saying that all oh, Green Bay is less penalized than the Minnesota Vikings, the the yardage shows that the Minnesota Vikings are penalized more yardage than the Green Bay Packers. But I like I like to see those actual penalties and see like okay maybe every penalty is like yeah Vikings definitely did that. 
I, I'm just saying you like so while while the the sheer number of penalties, the volume of penalties, which is the, what the refs can are and can control the most. The the volume of the penalties that they receive looks as though oh Green Bay is just getting a raw deal here. The the yards tell me that Packers have been a more disciplined team. Or may you know, but here in that the penalty numbers is uh, the penalty yard um num number of flags is what tells you that what the refs have intervened on. And that might not be the case though, because you gotta think like an encroachment penalty, for example, versus or, or versus a holding penalty. Or a, a false start penalty versus you know Green Bay could be getting called for a false start. Minnesota gets called for encroachment, and encroachment becomes what ten yards. Where is it five at this they're, point? They're the same. Yeah. So I mean, but you you get what I'm saying. The the penalty could be something as simple as that. I mean, a five yard false start. Eh. You know that if those are the things that does it actually make Green Bay more more disciplined? Does it make the Vikings less disciplined? I don't know about that. There's a, there's a lot of factors without actually seeing the actual film and watching it right. all and like seeing like going like that's a missed flag or no that shouldn't have been a flag and everything in between. It's there's so much gray area you can't really follow it. So that's why I just right. Look, so you day. you were just looking to take a little cheap yes. shot and and so I had to now I re, I've retorted here. <laughs> so I had to to put that one on the next show. I'm gonna watch every game over the last 50 years. Don't make a promise that you're not gonna keep. <laughs> don't do that. And get you the the raw numbers. Oh no, God, don't do that. You you know that the you I can't no sleep. You, I got fired from work. You cannot promise these listeners that. But uh, the Super Bowl, like I said, Tom Brady wins the bowl with the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Bucks are the world champions. Um, and Tom Brady throws the Super Bowl trophy over a river, apparently. That's what <laughs> we're doing. Very Scott Ryan. Uh, that would not... You really think... So Tyler has taken to comparing drunk me to drunk Tom Brady. Yes. And and I, I just can't see myself throwing the Super Bowl trophy over a river. You're I, right. You'd have dropped off a cliff. No, I, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I would not. That is absolutely false. Well, you wouldn't have thrown your first one over, but if you had seven... I would throw the damn thing. I would not throw that. No, thing. You, you might be more like Gronk and actually dent it as, yeah. as a baseball bat. <laughs> Gronk using it as a bat. Oh my god, these guys give no fucks. They really don't. But I digress. Tyler, we got some news around the league. <laughs> we got some shit going on. Yeah, you little bastard. All right, Eagles trade QB Carson Wentz to the Colts for a third round and a conditional second round pick that could become a first. Eh, I'm not. I don't. It know will become a first. You really the, think so? Where they set it at seventy five percent. You gotta yeah. expect he's gonna, he's gonna play seventy five percent. Yeah, I'm I'm not uh, feeling this trade. Well, I could, if 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 the Colts fall out of like playoff contention early, mm -hmm. they bench him on purpose to make sure they're not giving up a first round draft pick. Oh yeah, to me I don't like this trade. I I don't like this trade for a couple reasons. Okay, so the the Indianapolis Colts they go out, uh, they have Jacob Eason on the team who sat a year behind Philip Rivers. I guess, I, I mean, to me, I have a lot more faith in Jacob Eason than the Colts do. I think Jacob Eason should have been the guy going into the season. We talked about this on the last episode. Mm -hmm. We thought Jacob Eason would be the guy. Carson Wentz, I know he's having a down year. He's a very good quarterback. I just feel like, and, and the old saying is, the Colts gave up, you know, they sold the farm for magic beans. And and that's kind of what I think is going on. It, but, you know, they, they didn't, though. Because um, Carson Wentz could have and should have gone for more. 
So in a way, Colts didn't give up as much as people expected them to. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think they gave up as much as they expected to. Like we're talking sell the sell of farm magic beans. Let's rewind a couple of weeks yeah. to that Stafford trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, or what the Bears were going to do with 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 Carson Wentz. The Bears were ready to offer a first, a second, and Tariq Cohen. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that either. But uh, I I just look at the situation and I'm like, mm, eh, I'm, I'm not really a big I'm fan. A- I I, th- I just think Carson Wentz. Uh, a, if I'm the Eagles, I should have kept Carson Wentz as my starting quarterback. I think Carson Wentz is better than Jalen Hurts. I'm I feel very confident in that. We got to remember Carson Wentz is the same guy who who played 15, and and I get that Carson Wentz has had his injury problems, but he played 15 really great games uh, last season. Just last season, I mean, and, and, and then their Super Bowl year. Let's not forget that they were thirteen and two when, or thirteen and one when he went down. Yep, when he went down, and, and every, then probably still would have won that bowl anyway. Yeah, and everybody keeps talking about about Nick Foles this, Nick Foles that. Give me a break. Carson Wentz was the guy, and and Carson Wentz played played great ball over there in Philadelphia. There is no doubt in my mind. I, I I really believe Carson Wentz is going to be successful at the Colts, but I think he would have been successful with the Eagles had he See, stuck around. That's why I like this trade. I like that Wentz is getting a fresh start. I believe Wentz is going to be a great quarterback. Just for me, not the expense of of, of Eason. I like Eason. I was hoping he was going to get a chance. Yeah, I liked Eason a lot, and Eason said he was ready. And now the Colts. I mean, they had the cap space because they did give up Philip Rivers. They did save that twenty five million dollars. I just don't know. I don't know that this was the, the the smart move giving up the draft picks for Carson, Carson Wentz when I mean you if you didn't feel confident in Jacob Eason and clearly they don't if they didn't feel confident in him they should have just gone in the draft and drafted their QB of the future. I'd have liked to have seen Wentz go to a team that can win now. Yeah, well the Colts are kind of yeah, on that cut. I, I guess, but I guess two teams that come to mind are like a, like a Steelers or the Saints. I don't think the Steelers are on the cusp of winning, and and I don't I don't believe in that. And and obviously we're going to get into that momentarily. I don't think the Steelers are on the cusp of winning either. But eh, God, I, I just have a I have a hard time seeing that trade happen and knowing the size of Carson Wentz's extension. I, I think, like I said, I think they gave up a little too much. They're they're going to eat up that cap space. That's the first thing. All that cap space they saved from Rivers, they're going to eat that up right off the rip. And then, additionally, they lose two draft picks. Basically, one. And, and you're right. He's probably going to pay, play 75. percent And so basically, he, a first. Yeah, and so you basically lost a first and a third. I, I don't know. I just I don't know how I feel about it. And it's a little rough. But Carson Wentz now an Indianapolis Colt. He will get a fresh start. They've got a good young group of receivers over there. I think they if they get him maybe one more weapon, I think he's really going to be stellar. Maybe a good tight end over there. And now. We we had a speaking of the Eagles. We we also had them get rid of wide receiver Deshaun Jackson after two seasons. Uh, he wants to play in two thousand twenty one. Well, Deshaun Jackson, uh, the speed isn't as as prevalent it's as it used to, to be. It's starting to slow down. Yeah, he's he's not as quick as he used to be. Remember him being the the big kick returner. But uh, I I don't know. I I think the Eagles they already have questions as far as their receiving corps go. Corps go. I I, I they have a lot of issues. What there. team could use? A still speedster, still faster than most of the league. Yeah, but just not as fast as he was. Just could use a good speedster number two guy. Baltimore. We have Brown, who's our speedster. Well, He's not a one. Mm, yeah. Seattle's packed. The Rams are packed. Maybe a Chiefs if you don't resign Sammy. The Chiefs could use a player like that, and because he, he could he, replace Sammy, and he does come from the Andy Reid tree. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. 
Oh, wait, no. Deshaun Jackson was one of the ones that got released because of the whole Andy Reid debacle. No, that wasn't Andy Reid. That was uh, uh, Chip Kelly. Never mind. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Andy. You don't deserve that comparison. Yep. yep. No, but you're right. Um, Deshaun Jackson could and Andy Reid would go together well. They would go together well. He would, he'd be a little slower than Sammy, but you don't need the, the, the grand speed at that point because you have two guys that are faster than they, you. Yeah, they got two really, really fast players. Yeah, I mean, Sammy's I, the slow one. Yeah, he's the, he's the slow one. He's the, supposed to be the big-bodied guy. So uh, Deshaun Jackson does get released. Um, a little bigger news was the uh, Mike and Mark M- Mike and Marquise Pouncey. They retire on the same day, February twelfth, at age thirty-one. The Steelers losing an offensive lineman. The Chargers losing an offensive lineman. Two of the all-time great offensive linemen, in my opinion. Uh, Tyler, this one's a good news for you because you hate the Pouncey brothers. This is gonna. I mean, I I like them from a, from an aspect of they're great great players. <laughs> Um, but you hate them because I you hate facing think, them every year. I think this causes a chain reaction. I think um, Ben's security piece that he's pretty much always had retiring out of nowhere is going to cause him to hang it up. Yeah, Ben, uh, his whole mindset. So my my understanding is one of the reasons he was crying on the sidelines, and, and so many people saw that that iconic picture of him sitting on the sidelines mm-hmm. crying, was because he wanted to win a Super Bowl because he knew the Pouncey brothers were going to be retiring at the end of this season. They had apparently told him. But then again, he also said in interviews that he intends to play one more year at Pittsburgh, though. So it's 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 weird. It's hard to... Yeah. I think maybe... I think the crying was still back to... He knew that he couldn't play in Pittsburgh under his current salary, so there's going to be a lot of work to be done. So there was a lot of... Until it's done, you don't know... Like you, you you yourself are saying that you'll play at a cheaper salary, but until it's done, you don't know. Right, and and with that, the Steelers' general manager Kevin Colbert did say he was going to be non-committal on whether or not Ben Roethlisberger will remain with the team in 2021. Um, so with him being non-committal to that, that that's going to make an issue here. We're gonna we're gonna have an issue in, in there in Pittsburgh. Now you're you're losing your star center, or, or well slash offensive lineman because they have shuffled him around a little bit. You lose him. And now you're you got Ben kind of teetering. The Steelers could be beyond their way at the fast track to the bottom of the mountain here. I think. I think they're about to have a downhill slope, all the way to the bottom of the league. Especially with the Bengals and the rise. Yeah, it's going to get a little frightening. Uh, the there was uh, the Chargers tight end Hunter Henry say he's set to hit free agency as well. Says he's about he's open to whatever is what he's saying. This is an interesting one because I find Hunter Henry to be one of the best tight ends in, in football. I agree, but. Injuries have plagued him hard. Yeah. So his his contract's not going to be massive. Not going to be huge, but I, I think there's going to te- be a team out there that's going to shell out for him. You always overpay in free they'll, agents. They'll, they'll overpay a little bit just to make sure they can get him. Right. And uh, the, I, I think the, the Chargers are losing a big piece with that guy. When he is healthy, he's one of the best, one of the best in the league. Mm-hmm. I, I fully believe that. Um, he said he's open to whatever. Um, and, and one guy that is also open to whatever is the Bucks linebacker, Shaq Barrett. He's set to test free agency. He's looking for a new contract to, quote-unquote, break the bank now. Money, 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 money. <laughs> He's going to get paid. That guy is going to get paid. He's been one of the best blitzing linebackers in the league for the last two seasons. Yep. Remember that, that big run early on in the 2019 season. Uh, that big run, you were talking about that. You, you're the one that brought early it up. Early on, his, how how how. how Fast he had gotten like 10 or 12 sacks or oh, some shit. sacks upon sacks upon sacks. He was incredible, and, and the question is going to be whether or not the Bucks can retain such a good linebacker and such an integral piece of their uh, um, their defense that, that is just so just 
incredible right now. That defense is what brought them uh, to the bowl. And uh, speaking of the Buccaneers, Buccaneers general manager Jason Light said that the uh, that Blaine Gabbert could be Brady's successor after Tom Brady retires. And uh, whatever he is smoking, I would like some. Well, at least he didn't say Josh Rosen. <laughs> but Josh Rosen did get signed. Oh, did he come off the practice squad? He did come off the practice squad on a one-year deal. Two... I didn't I see this one. Where'd he go? I forgot where he went. I don't even care. <laughs> I didn't even care. All I saw was Josh Rosen get signed. I didn't even care. Some get podcast we are. Hey, Josh you know what? I don't go to know where Josh Rosen went. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Who fucking cares where Josh Rosen went? Oh, he's going to go get beat up by his old team. Who cares what? Oh yeah, the Niners. That's Niners. right. That's right. But who cares where where Rosen goes? I'm sure that Cardinals defense can go. Ooh, some podcast. Some podcast. We are. You know what? It's Josh fucking Rosen. It's the guy that that was sat on the bottom of the league as our least valuable player. So Josh Rosen's a part of our history. We should know where he goes. I don't need to know <laughs> dick about Josh Rosen. He did get signed to a one-year deal, though. I mean, I don't really care where he goes. Oh, dear. It just ha- it, I, and it's not even. Here's how important it is. It's not even listed on our news section. You had it there. Did I? It's at the bottom. Is it at the bottom? I was some right there. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is. It's all the way down there. You do care. And I didn't even give it like the. See, you look at all of our news stories. The majority of them have like two lines, three <laughs> lines that I've got listed. That motherfucker got one line. Like he didn't even matter. It's like, oh, yeah, he signed a one-year deal with the 49ers. Okay. It's fucking Josh Rosen. Give me a break. (laughs) We had some releases. So first, let me start by saying the NFL has identified the salary cap floor. 180.5 is the absolute bare minimum that the salary cap will be this season. and, and That I think bare minimum keeps moving up a little bit. That's a good sign. It's a good sign. I And I think that, that like, when you and I talked about this off the air throughout the week, that final game of the season – and also having that extra playoff game, I think that made a world of difference for the NFL, especially with advertisers. It's, and It's kind of breaking the difference and kind of just kind of splitting a, a, a massive hit. Right, and and I think that's that's going to be very, very good for the NFL. I'm with you on it, and it, it's kind of saving the day, putting up that, that extra game. They, that couldn't have come at a, a better time. But because of the, the salary, salary cap identification there from the league as far as the bare minimum, uh, a lot of teams started just kind of cutting players, cutting cap. We had a lot of cap casualties go off the board, starting with the Packers. The Packers released offensive tackle Rick Wagner and linebacker Christian Kirksey as uh, presumed cap casualties. Uh, they They'll saved, both land. Yeah, they're going to save $10.25 million on the cap for both of them. Uh, that That's a, a nice, nice move by the Packers, and I agree with you. They'll both land. Wagner didn't play a full season last year. Uh, Kirk and, and – Kirksey, his his numbers were down. To me, this is a good move by the Packers because they needed to make the cap space. Uh, I like this move. And they also converted David Bakhtiari's $11.072 million roster bonus into a signing bonus so they can prorate it over four years and create $8.3 million in cap space moving into 2021. So I thought that was a smart move. They were projected before these moves to be $23 million over the projected cap for 2021. Did you see Bakhtiari's tweet? No, I didn't. After not. he did that, because so he's losing money on that because yeah, significantly. Well, well, just on the year, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just getting so you're gonna get it, but it's just gonna take time, right? Um, he tweeted, "That's how you build a team, boys." Mm-hmm. Follow suit. Well, that's how Tom Brady did it for all those years, and 
if you want to win championships, you, you need to kind of get your head out of your ass a little bit. And, and when it comes down to it, you're, you're still going to get your money. Just spread it out. Help the team. Well, one of the big things that, that people are, are saying and a lot of the pundits are saying these days is that the best way to handle your business in the NFL as far as being a team goes is you had now at this juncture in time with the, the inflated quarterback contracts, they believe that you have to do it within that rookie quarterback window. When you have a rookie QB and they're pay, getting paid that lesser amount, that's when you want to try and win the whole thing. And, and that's that's like the best case scenario because after that, after that rookie deal, you're going to have to choke up the big money uh-huh. for him. So a lot of, and, and I've heard this a lot recently, on especially, you know, on the NFL Network and on ESPN, everybody seems to be saying you have a window now. When you draft that quarterback, and after you draft that quarterback, you got to win that bowl with that rookie deal because otherwise you're not going to be able to afford anything else unless you're playing some serious money ball. So they, they had that going on. Another team that made a, a, a lot of salary cap, a lot of salary cap this week, was the Carolina Panthers. They released safety trade Boston. They saved $3.55 million. Um, Boston only had a, a 53.8 PFF grade. He struggled in coverage. He gave up a 69% completion percentage. I like Trey Boston. I don't think he was a fit in, in Carolina there, to be honest. I, I, was, I, I believe that he's still a starter in this league. I think he had a, he had a rough go. He's not a coverage safety. He's a tackling safety. He'll land. He's the kind of guy that I believe is going to land somewhere really well. Uh, Panthers cut punter Michael Pilardi, and they save one point seven eight million on the cap. That one, Pilardi's a good punter. He is. He's, he'll he'll land somewhere. Yeah, he's a good punter. He's got a strong leg. Um, they save one point seven eight. They also cut. Sounds to me like they're making a lot of moves to make room for a certain something. Cause, right. And they have no intentions on punting. Right, exactly. <laughs> Panthers release uh, defensive lineman Kawan Short. They save 8.66 on the cap. I particularly like this move. Short only had a 55, or I'm sorry, a 45.4 PFF grade. Uh, he, it, for the amount of money that they saved on the deal, they didn't have a lot of dead cap here. 8.66 off the cap was a big big number for a guy who played so poorly this this past season. So releasing defensive lineman Kawan Short was a good thing. And they also released the defensive end and edge, former Minnesota Vikings, Stephen Weatherly. They saved 3.55 on that. Weatherly only had a 53.7 PFF grade. Now, to be fair to Stephen Weatherly, he played well in relief of Everson Griffin a few years back when Everson Griffin was going through whatever mental health issue he was going through. But is Stephen Weatherly a uh, starter in this league? No, I don't believe that by any means. I think he's more of a, a backup and a relief player. I believe that Stephen Weatherly will land. He might wind up landing back in Minnesota, but he's not going to get that big deal that he got in Carolina this year. And uh, with those moves, the Panthers went and they increased their available cap space from 8.5 to 28.5 million. Like you said, That's I enough. think, and and the the rumors have been swirling in regards to the Carolina Panthers about whether or not they're going to make a move on Deshaun Watson. Now, understand, I think the and the Texans have made it clear they want him back. They want to make sure they can get Deshaun Watson back on that football field, and and they're not you know open to trading him and. Teams have just been calling and calling and calling and calling and throwing deals at them, and nobody seems to be able to get through to the the Houston Texans brass about getting Deshaun Watson off that team 
and and taking him on. And and the Texans, they're asking to me, they're asking too much. I'd just be like, all right, fine, up yours. You have the player that's going to hold out and doesn't want to play for you. That's kind of where I'm at on it. I think he's. I think he'd only hold out for that team. I think him and the and the CEO just or the owner have gotten too distant here, and he just needs a new fresh start. He's going to hold out. If they hang on to him, he's going to hold yeah, out. Yeah, they hang out. We can hold out for any other team. No, any other team, he's going to go out and play. But but his and his contract is very favorable going into this season. This season. This season. And then it balloons. <clears throat> and then it balloons to the forty million, you know, standard amount that that the high end quarterbacks are getting paid. But realistically, this guy, to me, I wouldn't be selling the farm. They're, I think their asking price is out of control. You're talking, oh, I want three first rounders and two star defensive players. No. No, I'm not giving you all that. I like Deshaun Watson a lot, but is he worth that amount? He's worth more than Stafford, and they paid that for Stafford. So, I wouldn't have paid so that the, for it's Stafford. The, it's, the, it's, it's kind of the Rams' fault that this is all kind of... Yeah, they, they set the market, but I don't even think Stafford's worth that amount. You went out and dumped a, a bunch for a, a declining 32, th- going into his age 33 season quarterback that just fell out of the top That's 10. That's too much for even... And that's kind of like right where I'd set like Mahomes' price. Yeah, I, it, it was too much. It was too much. And now everybody is, is just clamoring over this Deshaun Watson situation, and I just can't. I, I would never say, oh, yeah, yeah, here, let me throw all this at you. That's that's crazy talk at that point. I, I And you have to question, like, I, I'm questioning the Rams' general manager right now. I, I legitimately am because I, I'm like, well, what the hell is this Maybe guy that's doing? why, um, what's his name left? Maybe. Like, you just suck. I, I'm, I'm sick of not having first rounders. You want to get rid of two more? I want to go to the team you're going to sell them to. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I would too. Shit. So that goes on. Uh, and, 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 ugh, just, I, I think the Panthers, I think you're right. They might be making space. They've got 28 million available now. So they technically could, could get them anyway, especially if they dump their, their first rounders the way that it's looking like they're planning on. But the the Three rumors first rounders and McCaffrey is the latest. Yeah, and and you're talking. I mean, that's a lot of draft capital there. That that really is. It's a that's a ton of draft capital, especially for you know. And and really, if the Texans get rid of Watson, are they losing a whole lot? They've got one of the highest first round picks this year. Mm-hmm. They're top four, if I'm not mistaken. So what are they going to do? They're going to go out and Trey get, Lance, Trey Lance, or Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's looking like the guy right now. A lot of people are saying Zach Wilson's better than Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is probably the worst quarterback in this draft. But Zach Wilson is looking like the guy. So here we are. <laughs> That's what's going on over there. We also had some moves uh, in that same division. Uh, the Falcons released safety Ricardo Allen. They saved $6.25 million on the cap. Allen had a pretty decent grade, a 62.4 PFF grade. Uh, I like Ricardo Allen a lot. For a guy who, who was drafted in the fifth round, He's turned himself into a really great safety in this league and, and kind of a mainstay. That's a guy who will land. I, I I believe firmly in that. He's been a starter for a while. He's been very, very good for the Falcons. Good tackler, good in run support. I like Ricardo Allen. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, you're, uh, you're giving me this look. He's definitely going to land. <laughs> and uh, the Falcons also, they released defensive end Allen Bailey. They saved $4.5 million on the cap. Bailey only had a 50.9 PFF grade. He's kind of a relief guy to me. Yeah, he was a relief guy, but they had so him. So saving that kind of money, I, I like it. They had him starting, I think, because of the his his ability or lack thereof. 
that that was a good cap savings. The Falcons still have are with those moves. They're still eleven point six over the cap, so they still got some moves to make. We've been hearing rumors of the Matt Ryan, Julio Jones stuff. I don't think they're moving on from it's either of them. It's quieted down. It has quieted down, but that could start to become a reality here. So that is, is uh, you know, looking uh, pretty interesting. So Greg Rosenthal came out recently and suggested that the Cardinals should cut Chandler Jones due to his $20.8 million cap hit and because he only played five games in 2020 in spite of of his extremely high production throughout his time in Arizona, he had 61 sacks in 69 games. Uh, Cards GM Steve Kimes said he won't be doing that, and and in turn, he says the team may take a swing at J.J. Watt. How interesting would that be for the Arizona Cardinals to take a swing Could at J.J. Watt? Could be a good Watt? combo. Uh, I think uh, they should look at a restructure for Jones. Yeah. If, if they could restructure Jones and, and really do an extension for the guy yeah. with a restructure, I'd be all about that. You have $20.8 million wrapped up in the guy. You're going to have to do it, I but think. But I, I don't think you get rid of him. He's still playing at a high level. <clears throat> yeah, he played at a high level. And, and did he have a bad season? Sure, but he was hurt. You know, you can't you can't be mad at the guy for being hurt. Right. This, I, I think it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction from Rosenthal. Do they need to clear cap space? Yeah, and if they do that in the form of a restructure, I think they're getting away with it. But ultimately, Chandler Jones is not going to be going out the door in uh, Arizona unless they get the right price. Uh, now they also had. We also saw um, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman came out today and said it he, that the 49ers have made it very, very clear that they want to part ways uh, in 2021. Richard Sherman, he wants to play two more years in this league. Does he land, Tyler? Yes. Where? Minnesota? He's going to be cheap. He's going to be cheap He's because... He's going to play at a high level. Right. But, but he is the, slowing down. He is slowing down. The problem is, is Mike Zimmer and in, in Minnesota, he likes to play a lot of man coverage. Not a lot of zone. He doesn't like zone coverage. I don't think man coverage is going to work for Sherman anymore. It will not. It will not. That's that's the big problem. Maybe New York with the Giants. I could see that, but Sherman has primarily been a warm weather kind of guy. Maybe Pittsburgh. I mean, it's still cold weather, but yeah, Pittsburgh could be. They, a they shot. play. They play a little more zone. Yeah, they do. So Richard Sherman probably going to be hitting free agency. Ooh, the Dolphins. Ooh. Well, they have they're, that, rise, they're yeah. an uprising team. They got uh, Xavier Howard over there that played really well, and they have what Byron Jones. You you you, you let Sherman be the three guy. Yeah, put him in slot. I don't know that he can handle slot duty. Yeah, no, you're you're right. <laughs> I don't Probably know put Byron Jones out in slot and. Uh, yeah, that would, that would be more likely, especially because Byron Jones is a former safety, so true. he'd be handling that role in the middle of the field. So, but uh, and speaking of the Dolphins, they also assigned All Pro kicker Jason Sanders to a five-year, twenty-two million dollar extension through two, 2026. Love it. Four point four per year, ten million guaranteed. This guy's a great kicker. He's um, he's kind of been the underrated kicker of the year because people were talking about like, like the Tuckers and the and the Butkers and the, the Bills mm-hmm. guy and uh, and he's been just as good as a lot of, as, as the as the Bills rook. He was the best kicker in the league. He was but the no, best kicker in the but league. But no one's really talking about him. And and uh, you know I'll tell you when I started talking about him when I got to about week seven and realized that, that guy hadn't missed a field goal, <laughs> and that's and he was booting through three to four game. Jason Sanders is impressive. Very, very impressive. He's a good kicker. He's got a great leg. His third year. Yep, he's a good kicker. He got he gets paid. I mean that that's that's high end kicker money right he, there. He ended up thirty six for thirty nine. Yeah, ninety two percent. Yep. 
So I, he, he was the best kicker in the league this year. I, I enjoyed watching him kick, and, and I, I picked him up. Like I said, I picked him up in fantasy. I, he was, you know, hey, how's this guy sitting on the waiver wire still? Scooped him up, and he was my kicker all throughout the rest of the season. So you got to love him. The, uh, the New Orleans Saints, they went out and released Nick Easton, the guard. They free up $6 million in cap space. Hey, Saints, I got news for you. That's just not going to be enough there. Just want to throw that out there. $6 million. Yeah, that's not enough. They also went out and uh, restructured Drew Brees' contract. Drew Brees kind of said, you know, he goes out the door. They free up $24 million in cap space for 2021. So that's, a, that's a retirement prep right there. Yeah. They're, they're getting to the point with where they, they realized, finally, they finally realized, hey, we're $96 million over the cap. <laughs> we have a problem. The finance guy was sleeping. Yeah, I guess. Was like, oh. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I should probably let them know. Yeah. So, in the last couple of days here, the Saints have freed up about $30 million of that 96. They still have some work to do. Nick Easton is a good player, but he was just a luxury right now that they can't afford. Easton is a former Viking. He's a good guard. I know all about the guy. He's a good player. I would love for the Vikings to go and get him back. Uh, They could get him on a discount, but... Nick Easton is no longer a New Orleans Saint. Also in uh, in in uh, well Vegas now. I keep wanting to say uh, first it was uh, Oakland and then it was uh, uh, L.A. and then oh wait no it's Vegas. In Vegas they're planning to release wide receiver Tyrell Williams at the start of the new league year. I don't like this. I don't like it for them. I like it for the idea of Baltimore picking him up. Yeah, he's a good player. He's, he's do, a good I player. I still like Tyrell Williams. <clears throat> I like Tyrell Williams. I think he's underutilized. Uh, I, I, in the Raiders, I, I don't know what it is recently. They have not been able to get their receiving corps going all year long this past season. Henry, it's not Derek Carr's fault. It's not. It's not Derek Carr's fault. Derek Carr has a cannon on him, and, and they just they really haven't gotten that true big-name number one. That they, they haven't had one since, really, Amari Cooper. What happened to him? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did fall off, but when he was with... Chucky. <laughs> looking at you <laughs> but he's you know when he was with Oakland he was good you know so I mean I they need to get a big name wide receiver they need to go out and pick one up in this if they draft one Allen Robinson one, they could go get Allen Robinson a guy that can can make catches in traffic I, I mean I wouldn't be mad at it if, if they did that be a pretty smart move but yeah the uh the Oakland Raiders set to release Tyrell Williams at the start of the league year and speaking of Allen Robinson yes um, they're letting him test for agency. He's kind of he's kind of figuring out if he wants to stay or go. I think we both believe into that question. Yeah, I think he's done. I think he's gonna he's gonna be leaving the Bears to go to a team that he thinks he can win with. Yeah, I agree. There's, so Allen Robinson, he's such a good player. He's he's been a good receiver for this team in spite of bad quarterback play. Good player, big bodied guy, can make catches. Prove me wrong. I, d- I didn't think he was gonna go there and play well. No, I didn't think I so. Think, I think we both said that. Yeah, and. He's he's turned out to be wonderful. He he really has, and and the Bears are going to be losing a huge piece. He's been relatively quiet too. You don't hear too much out of him. No, no, he's not a troublemaker. That's the thing. I mean, he's got a little bit of a mouth on him, but he's not a troublemaker on the field. Yeah, which on is the fine. Field. Yeah, I mean, you see that all the time. I mean, you're, he's I mean, he's no Chase Claypool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy's irritating. Already, he's irritating. He's only like twenty. It's like shut up, rookie. Uh, and also the the Broncos they went out and released cornerback AJ Bouye after just one season after trading him uh, they free up eleven point seven in cap space I didn't realize Bouye's cap hit was as high as it was 
I didn't either. Eleven point seven. So it makes that <clears throat> make it makes it makes a lot of sense now. It does make a lot of sense. Bouye he posted only a fifty five point six PFF grade. He's a guy that's gonna land. Somebody's gonna get him on a discount. How old ain't, is he? Ain't no, he's thirty one. Okay. Ain't he's... nobody gonna be paying him eleven point seven. Let's no. be real. But to me, AJ Bouye, he will land, and somebody will pay him seven to eight. I could see that. Oh, he's twenty nine. He's, oh, I thought he was 31. So he's, he's got some time. Yeah, but somebody will pay him anywhere from 7 to 9. I think I think that's a reasonable amount, especially with how, how I guess, poorly he played in, in Denver. I just yeah, I'm think, thinking more like 6. I don't think he was a scheme fit in Denver, and I think that's the problem. But like I said, you're, you're talking 6. That's about the range I would pay him. But you always overpay in free agency. That's That's the big thing. And with that move, the Broncos will have just under $31 million available heading into the 2021 free agency. Like, like what, 30.9? Just under? Just under. Just under. Just under. Like 995? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure how close, <laughs> but, but they'll, they'll be just under. So, and uh, also in that uh, same division, the former Chargers offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, becomes the uh, offensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. I like this move. I do too. This is a great move. Chargers offense was good last year. Yep. So I, I'm all about this move. We did have some uh, some other coordinator moves around the league. You guys want to like even better. Here's one. This one's interesting, and, and we talked about it on the last show, and now he's found himself a new spot, and I think he's a little pissed off because of where he signed. Uh, former Packers defensive coordinator Mike Pettin hired by the Bears. As a senior defensive assistant to defensive coordinator Sean Desai, I'm sure Pettin is just angry at this point and going, oh, I'm going to stick it to those fucking Packers. He's a good coach. I like it. I don't think he's a good, good on the Bears. I think he's a good. I don't think he's a good head coach. No, he's a good. I mean, he's a good. He's a good coordinator. Really good. Yeah, really he's good. He's a good DC. He's going to go to the Bears, who already had a rising defense. Yep. And help it out. Yeah, that's that's going to get wild. And and ultimately, usually when you bring in a guy like that, that's going to be your senior defensive assistant. He's trending toward that defensive coordinator role, so Sean Desai better be watching his back because mm-hmm. uh, Mike Pettin is very, very good at what he or, does. Or, you know, sometimes uh, if it's a really bad organization, they just retire before they make to that spot, like Kubiak. Hey, come on now. <laughs> come on now. No, Vikings, too, too soon? Too soon. Vikings are a good, are a, a very, very good organization, and, and they promoted their QB coach. And to promote, to promote continuity, they brought up his son, Clint Kubiak, who has the very same scheme to go ahead and run the offensive coordinator role. So the Vikings did give him a uh, an, uh, a promotion. So I, I like this move. It's a gamble because he's, he's still pretty young. He he's hasn't had a lot of coaching experience, and, and, you're, and he's getting thrown into the OC spot. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I believe that he understands what what Gary was doing, what his dad oh, was doing, too. and and that's why I think Clint is is the right fit here. We're gonna see how he how he turns yeah. out. But on the surface, on on paper, the, the, you you can see how there's question marks. Like mm-hmm. he's done well, but he's going to a, a big role relatively soon into his coaching career. Here's the only issue I have, and and we've seen quarterback coaches become offensive coordinators in the past. And those quarterback coaches that become the offensive coordinators, a lot of times they flounder because they like to go really, really pass happy. And we got to see that when the Vikings brought in past offensive coordinators. We got to see it two years ago in 2019. To me, this will be a, an interesting thing. I believe he's going to bring that that nice power run, that run-heavy type of offense that the Vikings, that zone run scheme 
that his dad was running. I'm confident in that. I believe that he's going to continue. Well, to I think that because continuity. he's a quarterback. I think you see that when you go from a quarterback's coach from one team to a head to an OC to another team. Right. He's doing it on the same team. He understands what they want. Even even though Cousins was very good last year, he understands when Cousins is forced to throw too much is when things go haywire. Mm-hmm. So he knows that that they that Cousins runs better in in a, in a run balanced team. Right. I I agree there. And they also. This hire I loved. I loved this hire. The Vikings hire former Jags wide receiver and wide receiver coach Keenan McCardle. Yeah, to as the new wide receivers coach. I like this one. I loved this move. This guy was a good, solid uh, wide receivers coach in Jacksonville. He was a good wide receiver throughout his time in the league. I like Keenan McCardle. I I'm excited for this. As I'm, in, I'm I, intrigued by this one. Yeah, as soon as I saw it, I got fired up. But it's still not my favorite coaching hire of the last two weeks. Yep, and you messaged me about that one. And it's back to the team that, from a coaching hiring standpoint, mm-hmm. ever since mm-hmm. me and you both shat on who they brought in, right? It's been like it's it's like they it's like they're listening, going, oh yeah. Watch these coaching yeah. hires. We'll show you. Wham, wham, wham. And the Detroit Lions, yet again, comes in with the coaching hire that I absolutely love. Yep. Bringing Antoine Randall in as a wide receiver coach. I love this. Holy shit. I love it and I hate it. I hate it as a Vikings fan, but what a move. What a move. Uh, this was smart. The uh, Antoine Randall L, was he amazing? Was he a great receiver with the with the Steelers? No. He's, a, he's got a brain, though. But yeah, exactly. He's smart. Because uh, the I, other thing I love, too, is not only does he know how to play the receiver game, he's also a very, very good special teams guy. Yes. So he can teach those younger receivers who are going to be in the special teams early on and kind of it kind of gives assistance to the special teams coach. Yep, I agree. I, I thought this was a smart move. This is a smart move by the Lions. They've been putting together such a good defense or uh, such a good coaching group, and, and it's just been nothing short of impressive. I, absolutely impressive. I, I love what they're doing. This is brilliant. I think the Lions, uh, they, they've really got a great crew forming here, and it's far better than the Patricia era. So the Lions, they wind up in a, a very positive situation here with Antoine Randall L. Uh, the Raiders are fielding trade offers for Marcus Mario. Well, first of all, before I do that, Vikings, the, just so you know, they, they signed kicker Greg Joseph, possibly releasing Dan Bailey. While it's we're gotta, in, um, anything with involved kicker has got to make you just cringe. Yeah, it does. It does. Greg but Joseph is a good kicker. He didn't I, play this past year, except very little. Yeah. No field goals, a couple extra points. We had, we so, had a, a rough go with old Danny Bailey, though, and, and I'm, I'm having trouble. I don't feel... That um you could you could put money that Greg Joseph is gonna be is gonna be your starting kicker come week one. I don't know about that, and here's why: the Vikings are in such a tough cap spot. They might have to just and they, yeah, they might have to cut bait. And when you're paying a guy that much, as much as they were paying Danny, I, I think he's gonna be out the door. And there, I think they save about one point. Oh, that, that's not what I was insinuating though. What's that? I don't. I think there's. I, I don't think you can you can you could bet money that the, that the kicker that's gonna be a starting kicker is even on the team yet. Really. You think they're going to? Have to go I, I think it's else? definitely not Dan Bailey. I just don't know if Joseph's the answer. He he might not be. He might very well not be. The sample size is so little, right? And in two seasons, and, and half that he missed. Yeah. So because it's twenty nineteen in uh, as you know, he hasn't played. He hasn't played in two years. He didn't play at all in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. He barely played in nineteen. 
And in 2018, he wasn't stellar for the for the Browns. Here's the kicker about it. <laughs> Get it? But uh, here's here's the thing about it. So they're they're going to go ahead and they're going to bring him in. If he's kicking the ball well, the Vikings could get him on a discount. That's true. And you and probably for, get him probably um under a mil. Under a mil. That's that's the thing. You get that guy for seven hundred fifty k, and you sign him to a long term deal on seven hundred fifty k. You get him for four years on a seven hundred fifty or nine hundred fifty k. All about it. I am all about that life because that way you have gotten rid of Dan Bailey's cap hit for a guy low who's, risk. Like and all of a sudden, if the dude takes off. Yeah, low risk, high reward. That's that's the the beauty of it. So you could get away with that one. That would be good business. Uh, now, and a big move here, the uh, Jets, well, we'll start with this. Russell Wilson has made comments about not receiving enough protection in Seattle. Teams have started calling the Seahawks, <laughs> inquiring about Russell Wilson coming to their team and and what they would give what they would give up. I here's the thing. Russell Wilson on any other team takes that team to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I, I believe in that. I don't think he's leaving Seattle. I think uh, teams took his uh, some frustration as being literal unhappiness. And uh, I think he is unhappy. I think he's unhappy because the the general manager over there in Seattle. Although we so we've talked about Seattle at length <laughs> as far as uh, like how we're amazed that this team is still contending and. I've come to the conclusion that the reason they're contending is because Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. That's basically my takeaway. And Lockett. And Lockett's been good. But but uh, I believe that Russell Wilson primarily is the reason that they're performing. Russell Wilson has not had any protection. The guy's getting the hell beat out of him. He's still, he, he's what, 30? I think he's just a, enters age 30 or 31 season. And the guy's just been getting clobbered. Would you want to stay there for whatever amount of money if you're just going to get the hell beat out of you every every week? No, and that's I agree with you there. Yeah, and and that's that's his gripe. That's his gripe and I agree with him. He he wants out and I don't I don't blame him. You know? So Russell Wilson, I I think he wants out. I think teams are 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 trying to get get a hold of their star quarterback here. And speaking of star quarterbacks, Tyler Washington quarterback Tyler Heineke signs a two-year $8.75 million extension with the team. I like this move. And they're non-committal on Alex Smith. Yep. Um, if Alex Smith wants to keep playing football and, and Washington doesn't want him, he will be starting somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, well, Alex Smith has made it clear that he wants to he wants to play. Pittsburgh? I mean, could be. He said he wants to play. The problem for any team is his lack of mobility at this point because of the leg injury. I think there's there's a serious concern about him running. Um, he did suffer an injury last well, season. I would still put money that he'd win a foot race over Tom Brady. Brady's a slow. Oh, he's slow not fast at all. Yeah, yeah. But I digress. They so so Tyler Heineke. I like this deal based on the way he. Played. I like it for that. It's cheap. I he didn't play that great. He played well during that game. Well enough to get to get kept. Yeah, he gets kept, uh, and it, he's a backup. You know, he's a backup, but I believe he can start in this league. I believe in him, and the team seems to believe in him. I think he could start on games here and there, not a whole season. I don't know. We're gonna find out uh, right now. He's he as it stands currently. I think he's the only starting QB on that team. I'll wait for the phone call. <laughs> um, also, quarterbacks, one that you love and I hate. Uh, Raiders receiving legitimate trade offers for Marcus Mariota. He played well in that game that when Derek Carr went down, he played very like stupid well. 
Yeah, I, it, he's he's a good QB. He's not great. He's a starting QB. Would be lower end. Yeah, I I think like you'd be silly to say that he's not a starting caliber quarterback, especially what we've seen starting caliber being considered a starting caliber the last couple of years. Right. I think teams will be calling about him, but I don't. I don't know that he starts. I don't know that he starts unless he goes to, you know, a team that's really, really desperate. You know, could could be that guy that you know. Let's say the Giants call. I could see him like replacing Daniel Jones. Midway I remember the a time when uh we had a very lengthy argument that I ended up winning. Yep. About Mariota and Tannehill, which was, which was Team Scott, yep. and Tannehill, which was Team Tyler. Yep. And. It's like it's like Tannehill just like he heard your words. Well, here's the thing I have about Tannehill. And and I you I, I'm not gonna say that you won that yet. And here's why. You said that Ryan Tannehill was a better quarterback and that he's a great quarterback and Ryan Tannehill is wonderful. I say he's else. a better quarterback than Mark Spariota. <clears throat> and is it currently, I mean, you are correct in that, but you were I mean, you were gargling his balls almost as bad as you gargled Joe Flacco's. Okay. Now Ryan Tannehill, he's had a few flash in the pan games, but Ryan Tannehill has not like. And all I do, all you have to do is look at his playoff performances from last season to go, huh? Okay, that is not the guy. Okay, but the same difference. Though. Ninety-two yards in a playoff game. Doesn't Josh make you a Allen was not much better in the playoffs. Now here's what I'm going to say about about that. Compare what Josh Allen had running out of his backfield. Versus what Derrick Henry is doing over there in Tennessee. Josh Allen's got better receivers. They're a one-dimensional team. They're a one-dimensional team. They have no running game. Oh, I get it. That's all they have to do. I get it, but I'm, I'm just saying, regular season, Tannehill's stats compared to Josh Allen. They're a one-dimensional team. It's not Tannehill's fault. He's still, he's still I think he broke 4,000. It's not Josh Allen's fault. Josh Allen does oh, no. not have Josh Allen's my favorite back. quarterback right now. That's my absolute favorite quarterback he, right now. He doesn't have a run back. My point is to say that that um Tannehill just played decent is is blasphemy. I'm gonna say he played decent because the guy really has a loaded team and he's got the the guy who was the offensive player of the year this year on in his backfield. A guy that blew up thirty eight hundred yards, thirty three touchdowns, seven interceptions. Right. Not many quarterbacks can even can can I'm not saying he didn't have a great year, but Comparatively, if you're going to try and compare Josh Allen in his current situation to Tannehill in his current situation, I'm going to tell so you you're what high. What I'm saying is stats are, you, stats are there. Stats show it. Tannehill's top ten quarterback. If you, I don't even think he's top ten. If you give Josh Allen Derrick Henry coming out of the backfield, Josh Allen wins the Super Bowl this year. Josh Allen's brought to be the best quarterback in football. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not shit on Josh Allen. I'm just saying that you, you, give, you downplay Tannehill. I'm going to downplay Tannehill because I still don't believe in Ryan Tannehill. I still don't. I can't. He and wins it, playoff games. He goes to the playoffs. No, no. Let's be real. Derrick Henry wins playoff games. Ryan Tannehill is no different than Joe Flacco. He hides, no. behind, a, he hides behind a great run game and a good defense. That's what he hides behind. Tannehill's a good quarterback. <laughs> that's what he does, and that's what Joe Flacco did his entire career, and that's what Ryan Tannehill is doing right now. It's just convenient that Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl on, <clears throat> on, a, on, a, on a 20th ranked defense. Yeah, and it's also convenient that Joe Flacco, the only reason he even advanced in the playoffs was because of some lucky throw that he just heaved up and that the player came down with in the Mile High Miracle that you you proclaim is the greatest run it's in the history of playoffs. It's just football. as good as, as, as Diggs's. Oh, the same, same level. Come on. It was a joke. 
Because if they both those plays came off a poor defensive move. I got news for you. If Diggs had, because Diggs caught that ball, had Diggs been hit, he would have gone out of bounds and they were still in field goal range. No. Yes, they were. They were right at the field goal line. If he, got, if he got tackled, it was it. If he, get, if he got tackled, he would have been knocked out of bounds. It was like bounds. four seconds left. He would have got, there were zeros. There wasn't zeros until he was running down the field. Diggs would have caught that ball and they would have been in field goal range. I think he was I think he's too far in bounds too. They were past the field goal line. I don't think he's making it out of bounds. I think he got tackled in bounds. I think he was gonna make it out of bounds. No. I really do. But I digress. <laughs> Motherfucker. We can argue all day. Yeah, yeah. They were at the field goal line. Period. <laughs> God damn it. Some Vikings kickers though. Come on. Uh, yeah. The field goal line's gonna make the ten yard line. You motherfucker. Um, but anyway, <laughs> this fucking asshole, he, he just like, and it, all he does is bring up Viking stuff just to piss me off, <laughs> just to poke the bear. That's all this is. We just talked about this before about how when I, when I, when I messed with you. And I know. It's written all like, over my son face. Son of a bitch. But anyway. Some people uh, don't want to mess with them. No, this stuff got a message. Yeah. Bertie's all salty. <laughs> so just for some context here. We're going to be, in, I'm going to be having a podcast with, with our buddy Verdi. We're going to be doing one here right on the Outside Blitz Radio Network here. And uh, it's, going to, it's going to be called, uh, I Didn't Think You Could Hear Us. Uh, yes, we are naming that after a humorous fart story, which is going to be very, very funny. We'll explain that at a later time. But we'll be, we'll be doing that. And Tyler, uh, Verdi was planning on using Tyler's microphone, but Tyler, just to screw with the guy, has gone, you're not allowed to use my microphone because of COVID. And just to, just to fuck with the guy. He doesn't mean it. He's just looking to make, to piss him off because he's a little shit stirrer. That's exactly what, what you are. What, what do you always call me? Little shady motherfucker? Yeah, you are a little shady motherfucker. <laughs> But uh, anyhow, uh, speaking of the Titans, the J.J. Watt sweepstakes is going on, and the Titans have reached out J.J. Watt to the Titans. Does that no. Make, does that make him Super Bowl bound? J.J. Watt will not go to the Titans. Why not? Because I think he still has loyalty to the ti- to Texans. Yeah. I, I think that, that they, they mutually separated because of whatever going on, he won't go to the division team. Yeah, that that might be. I think I think loyalty of the Texans will prevent him from doing that. Yeah, I think he he somewhat has that loyalty there. Although he did just ask for his release, so I have questions. But they they honored it. Yeah, yeah. Asking for releases doesn't necessarily mean that you're that you're mad at the team, right? You just want he he wants to go and win before before it's too late, and then he knows the Texans are kind of rebuilding. But the Titans are on the brink of winning. <laughs> you know, that's, that's. I could see him going to Pittsburgh to join his family. Yeah, that's that's the most likely spot in my opinion. I think he goes to to Pittsburgh and he wants to be with his brother. I uh, guess Ravens are technically an option, but I don't know if they're really going to be able to afford it. Yeah, I they're, they're they, got, they got they got a lot of long term deals to make. They're tight on cap space, but one one guy that wants out of there is the offensive tackle Orlando Brown. He's requested a trade from the Ravens. He says he wants to play left tackle. Uh, he's upset after replacing Ronnie Stanley. At the beginning, at the position uh, during the season, and the Ravens intend to move him back to right tackle, but he specifically says he wants to be a left tackle. The thing is, you, you can't move Stanley to right. You're paying him too much to be a right tackle. Yep. Um. So th- this is one of the things I like about the organization is they're they're honoring his trade. They're gonna they're gonna they're they're gonna work with him to trade him to a team that will put him at left tackle. Yeah. They, they 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 do a really good job at keeping the door open. He's still on his rookie deal, going to his last year. Yep, and he's he's 
if they move him to like like the, I think the Minnesota Vikings would be a great landing spot for him. You get rid of Riley Reef, you save that cap space, and you replace him with a player that you know can play the position, and that you're confident in, and that you're going to get on a discount. Jacksonville's an option too. Jacksonville is an option. I I, I think. Because they're they're about to they're about to go buy a Lamborghini and they're going to need the garage to put it in. Yep, yeah, that's it. That's that's, that's, the, that's that's my comparison I always use. That's the best way to put it. And speaking of that Lamborghini, and they 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 have the money to build that garage. Yeah, presumed number one draft pick Trevor Lawrence impresses on his pro day. He was absolutely phenomenal. He was hitting throws. I messaged you guys. I was watching it hitting throws all over the field. He was making plays on the move. Uh, he he didn't look bad, and that is with a, a uh, partially torn labrum in his non-throwing arm. Yeah, because re- yeah, he's getting the surgery, and since it's his non-throwing arm, it's not going to have any impact on on his value. Right, he, and and Urban Meyer, you saw him at that pro day. He was looking very impressed. I like Trevor Lawrence a lot, and uh, it looks like the the concerns, and I've expressed them in the past few weeks, the concerns about Justin Fields going number one overall to the Jags. It's been subsiding a lot, especially yeah. with Fields' stock dropping hard. Yeah, Justin Fields, uh, he's been overtaken, presumably, by Zach Wilson. And, and, and um, Trey, Lance. Trey Lance. He's now yep. looking at the, the fourth guy. Yeah, and, and it's it's starting to look a little ugly for Justin Fields. He's He hasn't been the guy that, that uh, everybody thought he was going to be. So, realistically, Trevor Lawrence, he's Gonna go number one overall. He's presumed to go number one. I I believe he is now. This this not even yes, a question. Not at all. It was it was looking like Fields for a minute, based on the Urban Meyer coaching move, and a lot of speculation was going into Justin Fields going number one. Now I don't think it's a question. I believe firmly Trevor Lawrence all the way. Yes. Uh, speaking of the Jags, they're returning to their old teal colored uniforms instead of the old black uniforms. I like the old teal colored uniforms better anyway. I do too, but the but the black and the and the and the teal secondary was still a good look. But yeah. I do like the the classic look better. I do like the classic look. I if I, I like the black and teal, but I, I don't like black being the primary the way it has. Been. I'm okay then on occasion. I I wouldn't mind them using it like as 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 seldom as like the Ravens use the 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 blackout. Yeah, like every once in a while, it's a special game. Throw on the black heavy with, with teal. Right. That, that keep works. it as an alternative. Keep, yeah, because it is it is a nice looking uniform. Yeah, it would it would be like their color rush almost. Yeah, yeah, which which would be okay. I wouldn't be mad at that. Uh, the Jets they hire former player Leon Washington as the new special teams coach. Uh, this is a hire that I really like. I like Leon Washington. Good player for them. Long time player for them. Uh, knows what the organization's looking for, and uh, this will be his first coaching stint in the NFL. So I'm I'm excited for Leon Washington. He's good, a good luck. player. Yeah, <laughs> especially with that Jets team. Youch. Um, this one I didn't like so much. The Giants go out and they hire the University of Louisiana Lafayette offensive coordinator Rob Sale as their new offensive line coach. Not a lot. I don't know a ton about Rob Sale. What I can say is that I'm not a big fan of the University of Louisiana Lafayette. I don't think that they're that good of a football team, and I don't understand why they would I'm, make this move. I'm okay with it because in the sense of like what position you are, it's a it's a it's a demotion. Yeah, because you're going from an OC to a lineman coach. Right. So they they obviously saw something about how he handled his line that they like. Yeah. So because we don't know enough about him, I'm willing to give him a chance. So it's not like they, they went with the moon for him and made him their OC. Right. They're starting at a positions coach from a guy who was a coordinator. So I'm interested. I'm curious. To me, I, I think that if you're going to bring a guy up, they, they made the right move in taking a guy who was an offensive coordinator and moving him to like a lineman coach. 
The problem for me is that the Giants have such a bad offensive line to begin with. You know, you. So what if it? So what if all of a sudden they're a top ten line this year? I'd be I'd be amazed, <laughs> honestly. But I, to me, I I I given their situation, I would want to go with a proven guy as opposed to taking the risk on True. on a, a college coach. But we'll, we'll it, see. Could, it could be a guy that they, they they're kind of grooming into the an OC too. Exactly. Um, the Packers did hire a new defensive coordinator, Rams assistant head coach and linebackers coach Joe Barry as the defensive coordinator. I don't know how I feel about this move because I feel like the guy you should be hiring should be the defensive line coach. Yeah. Given where their strength is here, I, I mean, I understand they run a 3-4, but their strength is in Aaron Donald. Their strength isn't in their linebackers. But I guess my point is um, let's not pretend that the defensive line coach made Aaron Donald up and groomed him up. Aaron Donald was a, was a surefire first-rounder. People already call him Hall of Fame player before he even took a snap kind of player. Yeah, I, 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 I like I, a guy who grooms people. There, there was a lot of help. There was a lot of hope there as far as Aaron Donald goes, and and he, they got their return on him for sure. Oh yeah. But when I see Aaron Donald, you know, is he great? Yeah, his numbers have increasingly gone up year over year over year, and he's looked better and better and better every year. And and just when you think he can't look better, he looks even better. Uh, so so like, I guess like a, a guy who I'd, I I I would like to see get. A uh, like a defensive coordinator opportunity would be like Ravens defensive backs coach Chuck Clark yeah. and Deshaun Elliott come out of nowhere. Yeah, late round. Like I love seeing like late rounders getting bloomed into these almost Pro Bowl level players. The one thing that that I think this does benefit the Packers in now that I think about it is they have Zadarius Smith on that team, and Zadarius Smith is their primary pass rusher. And seems to only get stronger as, <clears throat> yeah. as seasons go on. So that could be the route they go. Zedaria Smith has been getting a lot of love in Green Bay. Uh, that that could be what they're but aiming at. Having Zedaria Smith would be it, it, your your defense is going to be good enough that would kind of mask a deficiency in the coaching. Yeah, yeah. So I I mean it it could be a thing. I'm not sure, but. Um, yeah, I, I, God, it's just, it's going to be a tough move. I know you want to go with a linebackers coach. I know you want to go like and 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 accentuate your best player on defense. It's it's Other not than, a bad, well, it's, it's a gamble. But it's not a bad gamble. It's, uh, I'm I'm not a huge fan of. It. I feel like they grabbed the wrong guy. I, that's just the way I feel. I guess not, I'd I'd be more okay with it if they still had Mike Pettin. Like if you still had you you still had your, your defensive exactly. You had, you had your DC all figured out. And you brought in, and you kind of moved the coaching staff around, but your your defense start to start from scratch again. Packers had a good defense. Packers yeah. had a good defense. Um, I I just they uh, uh, I I think they 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 moved away from what they were doing um, for no reason because their defense was looking good. And yeah, I I agree. I I don't think they they need to to go out and and improve their defensive coordinator situation. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Don't do it. You know that's that's the thing. And, it's a waste of time. And that's exactly what they did. They went and tried to fix it. Yeah. So and I don't get it. I agree. I'm in full agreement. This is just a, a mess. So um, over in Tampa Bay, we had uh, two things go on. We had and before you get to him because because we're talking about signings, yeah. and trades and stuff. So we're kind of getting away from that. Right. There's one thing you don't have on here. I'm surprised you missed it. Which one? It's not breaking news. Uh-huh. It's not for a day or so, but you you missed it. What's that? The Jets and Sam Darnold. They're 
seeking a second rounder and a late in, in, in a third day draft pick. Yeah, and so here's, Sam Darnold. Here's the thing: Sam Darnold's a good quarterback, and I think he's in a bad system and he's been in a bad position since he's been with New York. Uh, I haven't, and and I was. It's been an on and off thing. For a while, it was well. We don't know if Sam Darnold's going to be traded. Oh, we might trade him. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, we're going to trade him. I don't know. So it, it, he's been playing hokey pokey with old Sam Darnold there. And I at, at this point, and I did see the news stories earlier this week, but I didn't want to just throw it in here because of the fact that I don't know what in the hell this guy's doing. Yeah, but it's it's still kind of <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like- and and it's I'm looking going. Well, are you going to trade the guy or not? Like, figure it out, dude. My take I, on this is I like Sam Darnold. I think long-term, on the team that tr- makes that trade, we'll, we'll get the benefit. Right. But in its current state, how he's played to this point, you're asking too much. Really? Too much? A second-rounder and in a, in a day three, I think, I think you'd make a third-rounder, maybe a fourth. I think if you, I think they could get the second rounder because they're going to get a starting quarterback. Sam Darnold, where if if he goes to the right team, is going to have a career resurgence. Oh no, hundred percent. Yeah. So so they're they're asking for value based on future, but current state, current stats don't line up with what they're asking. If for. if you took Sam Darnold and say you put him with, uh, I, I so put him in Pittsburgh. We got receivers, right? Or Something like that. Or, or if you if you said okay, we'll we'll give the Bucks Sam Darnold. That will be the the guy to follow up. You know, I'd love that Tom Brady. I think that. that would be brilliant. I think that would be brilliant. That might be a good landing spot. Or how about, hey, let's take him over to the New Orleans Saints. Let's let Sean Payton get a hold of him. Sean Payton's good. As much as I hate Sean Payton and his butthole looking mouth, I think that that if you send Sam Darnold over to New Orleans, he's going to play good ball. Two more possible ones for you. I I, I like him going to a team that he hasn't got to start this year. Give him a year to sit. Right, Atlanta. Yeah, I agree with that. Rams. Ooh, that'd be good, too, sitting behind Matt Stafford. But they did spend a lot for Stafford to only be their quarterback for a couple of years. Exactly. They're, they're planning for another eight years. Yeah. That type of trade. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's what you're looking at. But you, maybe Pittsburgh, if, if if you get Ben to stay one more year. Yep, I agree. I'm with you on that. I, I think I think if you can get him to have some uh, like a veteran guy to sit behind, that would be beneficial for Sam Darnold in the long run. Ooh, whatever team takes Fitzpatrick, have to be on Fitzpatrick for a year. That'd be good for him too, actually. And and then people would really be clamoring for him because Fitzpatrick is so hit or miss. I he, like Fitzpatrick as a, as a future coach. Yeah, he'll be good as a future coach. He's he's got the brain. He definitely does have the brain, and and he's got the attitude. So I I like Fitzpatrick a lot. He's so I love watching him talk. He's so humble. Yeah, yeah, but, but then he's dressed like fucking Conor McGregor. But so um. Speaking of Fitzpatrick in the box, McGregor and uh, um, I always think like Daniel Norris from the Tigers. Oh, geez. Daniel Norris is the love child of Fitzpatrick and, and, and uh, McGregor. <laughs> oh my God, doing the strut onto the stage. So uh, speaking of guys from the Bucks, and Dominican Sue, he says he's quote unquote not ready to hang them up yet. He wants to remain with the Bucks, but he's willing to test free agency. Uh, and Dominican Sue, wherever he lands, is going to be a monster, and he's going to get paid well, no matter what. And he's. He's quieted himself down quite a bit. He's yeah. still kind of Sue, but he's not as bad. He's not bad with the dirty hits. I feel like he's matured so much. He's still a disruption in the we're middle of the field. We're not stomping on arms anymore? Yeah, we're not stomping on people. We're not doing jumping ninja kicks on Thanksgiving. Even though you're, probably, you're probably at balls. Sue's side on that. What? Like, yeah, stomp on his arm again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
So you here's, hate for Rogers. I hate Rogers, but but for a while I hated Indomitian Sue because you know, and and I've told you this before. Being a Vikings fan from Detroit is difficult. It's rough, man. And and being a Vikings fan from Detroit, one thing that that we always talk about is like the the Lions fans. They are so like gung ho about certain things, and and I get it. Everybody's kind of a homer for their own team. But you and I, I think, when we talk about when we talk about like bad calls and we talk about stupid things that our players do, we're pretty honest about like, hey, yeah, that was a stupid move. Our guy shouldn't have done that. If you go to Detroit, man, I'll tell you what. For years, I watched quarterbacks back up into the pocket, throw the ball, and then you were able to go one, two, three, four, five, and then the hit would happen. And it was like, dude, the ball's been out for five seconds. And Indomitian Sue was notorious for that. And people in Detroit would sit there and justify it as, oh, just let him play, just let him play. Well, what I don't like, and it's not, and this is a lot of fan bases, people get so caught on the penalties thing. And um, and, I, and, I, and you're not necessarily bad on this, but we all kind of picked about penalties from here and, here and mm-hmm. there. Yeah. People get so tied up in, like, those those slow-mo that play down. Like, see, look, he touched him too soon. Or, yeah, it wasn't face, the, 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 I'll use the Aaron Rodgers face mask right. with Detroit, like, Penalties are supposed to be a live, quick reaction. Right. They're never going to be perfect. You, you could probably grab at least 10% of the pitches in baseball, and, and, the, and if you slow-mode it down, the umpire got it wrong if it was just in the box or just out of the box. Right. It's just part of the game. Yep. And and the problem I, I had with, with Indomitian Sioux for years was that, that Lions fans were trying so heavily to justify these clear-cut penalty issues. I watched Indomitian Sioux... Jumping ninja kick Matt Schaub in the balls on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And everybody was sitting there trying to justify it. I'm like, dude, the guy jumped and kicked the guy in the nuts. And oh, and then like, I mean, he would he would twist ankles and he would face mask guys and he would I mean he would execute late hits and he'd stomp on arms and legs and all kinds of stuff. And and people in Detroit would just be like, yeah, that's how we do it. What? That's not the game. In this corner, we have the Yeah. It's like, what the hell? This guy's like a fucking Neanderthal. I don't know. I just don't get it. I, I never got the Indomitian Sioux love, but he has matured himself over the course of the last several he years. He has. And he's played good ball. He's been a defensive tackle. He hasn't been that pass-rushing kind of guy that, that he was in Detroit because that's what he was necessarily good for. I mean, I thought... He's a space eater, but like people would always be like, "Oh yeah, you know, he's a great pass rusher." Okay, well, you don't necessarily see that very often on defensive tackles. He's become that space eating defensive tackle that he's supposed. As he's to gotten be. older, he's not he's not as agile as he once was. Right. So I mean, Indomitian Sue, he says he wants to remain with the Bucks. Um, I don't know that the Bucks are going to have the cap to retain him. Wherever he goes, he's going to be successful, and wherever he goes, he's going to have a good time. But in this current situation, and I'm glad he finally got a ring. Because yeah. because the guy for years I said he's good enough to win a ring if he would just calm the fuck down and he has and he won a ring so I mean I I I'm happy for him that he won a ring uh, one guy I'm not happy for that won a ring was Rob Gronkowski he says he wants to plan uh, he he plans to remain unretired and wants to return to the Bucks in 2021 now understand Rob Gronkowski he had he didn't play his best ball this year I think Cameron Brait was the better tight end. 
Well, no, Gronk was was better in yards and touchdowns. Was he? And he had, second half of the year research um hard surgeons. Oh, okay. ended up being this the Gronk ended up being the fifth best uh, single season performance from a Buccaneers tight end. Really, Jesus. Well, yeah. I don't think there's Buc- still only six hundred yards. It's still, yeah. not, it's still not very Gronk. That's fair. Sorry, I'm getting a little, no, little parched. Good. I've been drinking little, my whole thing parched. the whole time here. But uh, Gronk, I don't think is is that wonderful. To be honest, uh, I I don't think he I don't think he's worth retaining. I think Tom Brady's going to make sure he gets retained before, for the right price before anybody. But, but they don't. I guess my thing is you don't need him. You have two other reliable tight ends, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Cameron Brate's a good tight end. I do too. And uh, oh shoot, what's his name? OJ Howard. OJ Howard is just as good as yep. Bright, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm in full agreement with you on there. Uh, I I don't think that that we should be talking about about Rob Gronkowski coming back to the Bucks. And I think if the Bucks really want to save the cap space and get some of these guys, these essential pieces re-signed, such as Indomitian and Sue and Shaq Barrett, they're going to have to make those concessions, and they're going to have to dump Rob Gronkowski. Or you know, I I don't agree with this because of age differences. If you're if you're that determined that you want to you want to keep Gronk in your team, mm-hmm. get rid of Bray or get rid of Howard. You don't need all three of them. You don't. That's, and that's what it comes down to. You don't need all three of those guys. I agree with that too. Because Howard Howard's talent ended up getting wasted this year because he kind of fell to the number three spot. He fell to number three because because Gronk and because Brady likes Gronk and OJ Howard has been. He was vocal early on in the year that he wants to be moved out of Tampa. Um, he he wanted a trade if you remember. And, on to Baltimore. Yep. Hey, uh, I mean, there are teams that'll that'll definitely take them. So uh, that there's that. And last but not least, I wanted to touch on this real quick. Former Chargers and Bucks receiver Vincent Jackson dies at the age of 38 after being found dead in his Tampa area hotel room. <clears throat> it's being investigated. Yeah, r- r- it seems right now there there's some talks of, of some uh, history of alcoholism. Yep. So maybe kind of because he's been in his hotel for like a month at that point or three yeah. weeks. So maybe he. Drink his sorrows away for whatever, for whatever reason may be. It's there's 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 we don't know anything about it right now. It's it's, it's a strange thing. That's very strange. Yeah, but I feel like at this point, this much time passed, we we would know if they're if they're leaning yeah. towards a foul play situation. I, I'm just I don't think there's foul play per se, but it's it it it's I'm there's questions. There's got to be questions because I'm I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, why in the hell is the guy forty five minutes from his house in a hotel room? Does he have kids? He has kids. His wife and kids, but why the hell is he forty five minutes away from his house in a hotel room? Like, like did him and his wife split? Like, what what's going on? Like, there's questions there, and I know, like, you know, a lot of it's personal, but at the same time, people are are wondering what in the hell is going on here. People are wondering, and they're they're saying, you know, did he did he kill himself? Did he? Did, I mean, did he drink himself to death? I mean, nobody knows. Either either way, it's a it's a sad situation. We don't know anything about it. Yep. But the guy had children. Great player. He had a family. <clears throat> I loved watching him play. Loved it, loved it, loved it. He was great in 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 San Diego. He was great with with Tampa. When in the and and really, he's the reason that Mike Evans was groomed so well into mm-hmm. the receiver that he became. Uh, Vincent Jackson, that first year that Mike Evans was there, Vincent Jackson was the number one, and Vincent Jackson played incredible that season. If you remember, yep. And they, and then he kind of fell off. But, yeah, but he he was also but nonetheless. Um, so uh, our our thoughts and and prayers and and. Uh, and all that go out to uh, Vincent Jackson's family. That that's a, a horrible situation, and uh, it's sad to see such a great player pass away. And uh, with that, Tyler, that's our news around the league. Now moving into next week. So we we talked about doing it this week. 
But I'm, there's I'm, a lot of news. There's a lot of news this week. So what I'm going to say is uh, next show, two weeks from today, we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump into our free agency stuff. NFC and AFC, I want to jump into all 32 teams. Free agency moves, cap space, things they need to do, guys they need to dump. We, we have some stuff to talk about. And uh, free agency is right around the corner. Free agency, day, I believe, is on St. Patrick's Day this year. I think it is. Yeah, so we, we've got... And so, I, I, Lord knows I'll be drinking heavily that whole day. No, I won't. I'll probably be at work. But <laughs> I, I digress. That, that'll be that'll be a good time. So, uh, Tyler? I do have one more thing for you. Oh. Before you come. Just to give us one last thing to talk about since we're going to be a little short today. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you saw this article, but um, this is done by uh, Gil Brandt. Oh, boy. He ranked his um, from one to eight um, in order of most likely to least likely. Worst to first candidates. Oh, boy. You want to start at the bottom, or you want to start at the top? Start at the bottom. All right, so who has the least likely to go from worst to first? Jacksonville Jaguars. I agree with that. He said they're, they're likely to get Trevor Lawrence, but they still got a lot of lot of hill to climb, especially when you got teams like Colts, Titans, and Texans around. And, and they've got a lot of missing parts on that football team right now. More than just quarterback. Yep. Number seven, which is who I would have put at the bottom, the Jets. Yeah, the Jets are going to have a rough go. Bills are are going to be even better next year. Dolphins are going to be in the rise. I think if the Bills the Bills are are one player away from being a Super Bowl team, and that's a running back. Yep. Yep. Look for it in the draft. Oh yeah. Unless they pick up like a Mark Ingram type. Yeah, they could pick a Mark Ingram, but I I think they would be better served to go into the second round and just make a move. If Ravens don't re-sign Gus Edwards, that could that be a could dude, be the guy. Man, that would be that'd be terrifying. Number six, I'd probably have it ranked a little higher. Well, maybe the Lions. Um, the, the, the division's in a weird flunk right now. No, not, um, Packers should still be pretty good. Vikings are kind of we don't know what their team's going to look like. Bears don't know what they're going to look like. Really, Lions don't they're going to look like either though. The Lions don't know what they're going to look like. I think you know you when you're talking about worst to first, you're going to be talking about the Lions being on the rise. I think three years from now, we're going to be sitting at this very computer in this very studio talking or or possibly in the pub shed studio woohoo uh talking about the Detroit Lions being contenders be, but given the five draft not, situation my thing is it's not this year it's not this year no i agree with that so in a couple of years yeah and they were still last i'd say they i'd have them ranked higher right number 5 the bengals the bungles i think the issue here is browns are going to continue to get better Yep. Ravens are going to be about the same, maybe a little bit better. Yep. Um, it's going to be a, a upward climb, but I, I think since he's on the right path, most of the Lions, a couple years from now, maybe. Yep. But not now. I think you're talking two to three years for both those teams. Number four, the Broncos. I could see the Broncos depending on their quarterback situation and, and how Drew Locke develops versus who they go and pick up. I mean, really, it all comes down to their QB at this point, and a lot of it also comes down to um, they're they're they've had an aging defense for the last two seasons, and and it's slowing down. Von Miller's slowing down. They don't know what they're going to do with him yet. Uh, they're talking about trading him, but nothing has been set in stone yet. I could see the Broncos being, you know, but they are in a very tough division. Very very tough. Um, Chargers and. The Chargers are going to be a much better team than the record was this year. Right. Um, and then you still got the Chiefs. And and don't forget, the Raiders are on the rise. 
Yeah, because going the last couple of weeks, they they were in the playoff contention. Yep. So the Raiders are on the rise. You so give them it's a, a tight more. division. It's it's going to be a hard climb for the Broncos to do that. You give the Raiders a good corner and a good receiver, and and things are looking pretty good for them. Number three, the Eagles. They're they're this high by default of a bad division. The problem I have with that is the Eagles don't. I don't believe in Jalen Hurts. I can't. I don't believe either. I don't. I can't. I can't believe in. Uh, I can't believe that I'm saying that Jalen Hurts is going to be a starting quarterback in this league. He's not good. He's not. I see him. I see him finishing higher than the Giants. I see, maybe Washington if they don't have Alex Smith. Yeah. And Alex Smith run a Washington team probably still wins a divi- probably wins a division next year. I think Jalen Hurts. The reason he was successful is because of the fact that he took everybody by surprise when he came in for those couple weeks. Yeah. Because because everybody was planning for Carson Wentz, and then Jalen Hurts took over for a couple of weeks, and then after that he tanked. I don't yep. believe in Jalen Hurts. It's because they beat the Saints for <clears throat> one week. Right. I I just can't. I can't believe in. I can't believe in Jalen Hurts, and and I I and until he proves me otherwise, and we've seen improvements from running quarterbacks. I.e. Lamar Jackson, I.e. Josh Allen. We've seen it, but I want to see if Jalen Hurts can show that he mm-hmm. is a pocket passer in this. Kyler league. Murray too. Yep. Number two, Falcons. They're always a threat because they have such a, a, a great offense. This could be a likely one, and I I think Matt Ryan. Is, Saints are going to be in flux. Yeah, I think the Saints are in flux. You got, and the only scary team there is going to be Tampa, really. And but the the Falcons have always had that terrifying offense, and their defense I think is going to get better because they've just brought in a defensive minded coach. Yep. I really believe in this. I, I I like, and they've got two great receivers. They they need a true number one back. I don't think Todd Gurley's the guy. I think he showed he's not the guy. Todd Gurley is done for. Do you say they're number two or number one? Two. They're two. So I I mean yeah I could see it I could see the Falcons being a worst to first candidate it's just going to depend on how the Buccaneers perform. One's interesting because mm-hmm. they had the team for it. Yep. They just need the quarterback. The Niners. Yes. So they have a stud offense going with it. You got Kittle. You got Debo. You got you. You need a quarterback. Yep. the The problem for the Niners is the defense is aging still. Defense is aging. I think the problem for the big for the Niners right now, and and people are putting a lot on Jimmy Garoppolo here. I'm not going to say that he's a world beater. I'm not going to sit here and say that Jimmy Garoppolo is an incredible quarterback because he's not. But what I will say about Jimmy G is, I, I think he gets a bad rap, and it's not completely merited. I think he's had some injury injury issues, but his his deal that he has currently is very favorable. And will people look at the numbers and say, oh, well, Jimmy G, he wasn't that good according to the numbers. Well, you're on a run-first team. Like, let's be real. They're on a run-first team. They're a team that does a lot of trick plays. You don't see Jimmy G gunning it downfield every, every you know, other play. You don't see him throwing as much as Drew Brees or Matt Ryan or any of those guys. It's a run-first offense. It's very similar to 2019 for Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins didn't throw the ball a lot when Dalvin Cook was busy setting the world or, on fire. Or 18 Rams. Right. I mean, it's just what it is. They don't throw the ball a lot. They really don't. So, I mean, am I am I do I believe that Jimmy G is is the problem in San Fran? I don't know. I can't tell you. But is it possible they need more than a game managing quarterback? Possibly. Possibly, yes. They 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 might need that new Montana. That might be the case. But I could definitely see it. But uh, thank you for that. And uh, Tyler, I think I think we're 
Don't What's my new goal is to bring you some sort of article, some sort of rant. Like the second time you thank me in the last two shows. Yeah, well, I, I like those types of things. I like you. You bringing up that those extra items shocked you in the deep. Yeah, yeah. I, we got the air last week. Like, like, man, I'm glad you brought that top ten up. Like, I'm really glad. I, I didn't even know about him. Yeah, I forgot about Hassan Reddick. You, you don't think about Hassan Reddick. So, I mean, I thought that was cool. But uh, thank you so much, folks, for listening. We uh, we're going to be getting out of here. Like I said, two weeks from today, we're going to be doing the NFC and AFC. We're going to be doing just before uh, free agency needs for every single team, all 32. And uh, in addition to our news around the league and all that good stuff. And uh, Tyler, have you got a massage yet? Not yet. You dirt busy. ball. You dirt ball. Get a freaking massage, Tyler. Don't yell. Or get a massage. Inside voices. Oh, Jesus. So Tyler needs to get a massage. But I encourage all of you to uh, check out our um, our sponsor over there at It's Your Time Massage. Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. She does incredible work. You can check her out on Facebook.com at It's Your Time Massage, or you can check her out uh, at IYTMassage.com and uh, get yourself a massage. Yeah, Tyler? You can get yourself a massage? I will. You got to your promise? I, will, I promise at some point I'll get a massage. Get a massage, Tyler. Tyler hasn't had a massage in like a year, so he needs a massage. But uh, thank you so much for listening, folks, and uh, we'll be here in two weeks. Tyler, you ready for free agency day? Are you excited? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the best day of the year, except for, like, first week is football. Well, the draft. I love the draft. Yeah. I love the draft. Free agency day is better than the draft for me. I, I mean, I, well, it really, it's kind of free agency week. Because uh, that whole week, that you know. First like, day, that, that first, first day. That first day goes hours, nuts, though, yeah. Is, it goes nuts. But it sucks now because because um, all the reporters always put stuff out ahead of time, so you already know what's kind of getting ready to hit. Yeah, what's getting ready to occur. But It's not as like, a surprise anymore. It happens about two days before, two, three days before you already start seeing these things happening. Oh, he's expected to do this. But um, anyway, folks, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at IYTMassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being.